0: This week on Iowa, we're in Keokuk County. A 29-year-old man is shot to death on Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Iowa, the first Iowa-focused true crime podcast, where there's 99 counties and a murder in every one. These are your hosts, Beth LaValley and Allie
2: Tulin. Okay, we are in Keokuk County this week. Have you been there? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've driven through this one, actually. Oh, nice. Okay. So
0: that's at least a, something. That's <laughs> a half a point. <laughs> we really need to start tracking. <laughs>
2: uh, seriously. So we're in Sigourney, Iowa, specifically. And my fun fact is actually about Sigourney as well. At first, I thought the town must be named after Sigourney Weaver, even though they aren't pronounced the same, but that's not the case. And just a fun fact within a fun fact here Sigourney changed her name from Susan <laughs> to be named after the great Gatsby character, Sigourney Howard. It's a little dramatic. She did that, which was like, Well, she did it when she was, like, 19, and she was, like, named Susan because of, like, her beloved aunt or something like that, so I'm like, wow, that's kind of (laughs) mean. Poor Aunt Susan. (laughs) Anyways, uh, the town of Sigourney, Iowa, is named after Lydia Sigourney, which I assume is pronounced Sigourney like the town, right? I hope so. Me too. She was an American poet, author, and publisher during the early and mid-19th century, She published 52 books and wrote in over 300 periodicals in her lifetime. She went to school in Hartford and then made acquaintances with Daniel Wadsworth, who helped her set up a school for girls and then publish her first work. So I actually haven't read any of her work and I didn't really know anything about her, but I was looking up kind of what people said about her work and it looks like most critics either love her or hate her. So some say that she didn't write with any strong personal voice and kind of catered to the society in which she lived. However, she will always be known as one of the most popular writers for her day, and she clearly established herself as a distinctly American and also distinctly female poet, which in itself is a great achievement at that time. She inspired many women to become educated and become writers, and she also advocated for social reform in Native American issues, social reform in slavery, and she advocated for education and internal migration as well. So she seems pretty cool to me. I think the haters gonna hate, I guess. Gotta check out her work. Maybe recommend her book at next Book Club. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we will.
0: Well, and my fun fact is that Katherine Goldner is from Sigourney, Iowa, and she is an opera singer. She's a mezzo-soprano and has sung in dozens of operatic roles with the Metropolitan Opera, the New York City Opera, the Lyric Opera of Chicago, and the Santa Fe Opera, and a bunch of other houses around the world.
2: So also pretty cool. That is very cool. I also didn't know that fun fact, so yeah, we're learning a lot today. (laughs) So, again, we're in Sigourney, Iowa, but we're in 1996. So, let's travel back to the 90s. In 1996, I was one years old, Uh, Bill Clinton was president, Michael Jordan signed a one-year NBA contract for $25 million, ER was the most popular TV show, which I have never seen, however... I just read that it like still holds up to today, so I'm going to start watching it, I think. in George Clooney's great. Yeah. And finally, pizza rolls were one of the most popular food trends. So oh gosh, god. Shout out, Totinos. <laughs> Love it.
0: <laughs> I wish we could continue talking about 90s trends today, but let's dive deep into our murder. Back in Keokuk County, a farmer stumbled upon a body while doing chores in a field just off of Highway 149. And that's about one mile east of Hayesville. A listener actually recommended this story, so thank you to those who submit story suggestions to us. We really appreciate it and definitely look into each one.
2: So before we get into the body that was discovered, we need to rewind to talk about Maria Aller. In 1995, Aller was a star volleyball player, an honor student, class officer, tutor, and band member at Sigourney High School. She's tall and lanky with long brown hair and bangs that run across her forehead. When she was just seven years old, she developed this crush on Larry Grove, who was 17 at the time and one of her neighbors. Then years later, Aller's dreams come true, and she begins dating Larry at the age of 17 when he's 27 years old. And they're in this relationship for about two years before things kind of go awry.
0: Larry broke it off with Aller, and Aller immediately fell into a deep depression. Her friend said that she was acting differently just in the past four or five months, her parents noticed a difference too, and she started going to counseling and taking antidepressants. But she's still upset over the breakup. She begins obsessing over Larry. She stalks his house, she calls him at any and all hours of the day, and in November of 1995, she breaks into the Grove household and points a shotgun at Larry. Larry's dad tries to wrestle the gun away from her, but she's taller than him and keeps it when she leaves.
2: So Larry Grove presses charges, and Oller is charged with first-degree burglary and assault with a dangerous weapon. Aller pleaded guilty to the charges and was given a deferred judgment and two years probation. She was ordered not to have any contact with Larry Grove or his father, but she disobeys. And in December, she approached Larry at a convenience store and threatened and yelled at him until he drove away. It got to the point where Larry's dad
0: warned him that Aller might come after him. He said to a reporter from the Gazette, I said, you better watch it. She'll be lying along the road waiting for you when you go to school. I've seen
2: this in my lifetime.
0: Love affairs gone bad and they end up shooting them.
2: Which brings us to the climax of this story. February 14th, 1996. In 1996, Larry Grove was a 29-year-old man who was attending Indian Hills Community College and close to completing a degree in computer programming. He had an interview on February 14th but he never made it to his classes or his interview. Instead, he was found dead in a field by a farmer.
0: Larry had been in high spirits the weeks leading up to his death, with job interviews lined up and his college degree almost complete. And I know what you're thinking, Maria Aller killed Larry Grove. But there's one more character we need to introduce to the story, Jesse James Jackson.
2: So Jesse James Jackson was a 24-year-old man who dated one of Aller's friends for a while and met Aller in Oskaloosa about six weeks prior to this event. Aller had been asking her friends to help her get revenge on Larry and even asked her friends if she knew anyone that could kill him. However, it seemed like she had stopped with her obsession days before the murder. Unbeknownst to others, she actually started to plot. She worked with Jackson to plot.
0: On Valentine's Day morning, they followed Larry from his house to his morning class. They signaled for him to pull over, and he rolled down his window. Oller had a brief conversation with him, or maybe she just yelled at him, we're not sure, and then Jackson shot him three times with a handgun while he was still sitting in his car. His car lurched forward and plowed through two fences before stalling in the cornfield where he was found. Jackson then followed him to the field and shot him two more times. You may be wondering what the real motive behind Oller's hatred was. She apparently told authorities that, quote, if she couldn't have Grove, nobody could.
2: After consulting with a lawyer, Aller pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. The trial for Jackson, who was charged with first-degree murder, was moved to Henry County. The prosecutors wanted to show that Aller hired Jackson and Jackson shot Grove. Aller actually testified against Jackson, which helped her in that plea agreement, and she was awaiting sentencing at the time of this trial. She said that she paid $700 to kill Grove. During the trial, the lead prosecutor described Aller as... Quote, an obsessed, shrill, possessive young woman. Jackson's defense strategy was that all shot, grove.
0: According to the Des Moines Register, attorney John Schroeder negotiated the plea agreement and said that his attention was to enhance the prospects of a first-degree murder conviction against Jackson. Schroeder said that it was more appropriate for Jackson to face life in prison because he was the trigger man. He said, it's my opinion that Jesse James Jackson is the more culpable and dangerous one of these two people.
2: And that strategy worked for him. Jackson was found guilty of first-degree murder, which is a Class A felony and has a mandatory life in prison without the possibility of parole sentence. Aller was sentenced to 50 years in prison. At the time, the reports were that she would serve much less time than that, like an estimate of about 10 years. She was scheduled to get out of prison in 2020 and applied for parole a few times in the 2000s, but was denied at least twice. From the Iowa Board of Paroles website, it looks like she was given a work release in 2013 and then given parole in 2020.
0: There's not much on the internet about Larry Grove today, but it was nice to see that there's an annual golf tournament in Sigourney, Iowa called the Larry Grove Memorial Golf Tournament. It's a fundraiser for a scholarship that goes to a deserving Sigourney High School senior every year. I'm not sure if this is still active since last time we saw it posted was in 2008. Well,
2: we've got questions for Taps, so ready to give him a call? Let's do it.
0: Hey, Taps, thanks for joining. Good evening. All right. Talking about Keokuk County, have you ever been?
1: I have. Not many times, but I've been there.
0: Have you been
2: to Sigourney?
1: Is it Sigourney or Sigourney?
0: It's Sigourney. We looked it up. (laughs)
1: I I know that to be true because it was actually a rag stop a couple of years ago.
2: Oh, are you a big biker? No, I've been there. Are you the guy in the RV that follows all the bikers? Yeah, I'm the cousin Eddie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you a Sigourney Weaver fan though? Kind of. Me too. Who isn't? I don't know okay. if I am. What? Sorry. Ghostbusters. <laughs> not my favorite. Why not?
2: I don't know. Just don't have like a strong like or dislike. Oh, okay. I'm very surprised by that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I want to talk about mandatory sentencing for a minute. Is there any sort of mandatory sentence for either people that hire hitmen or the hitmen themselves? Like this whole trial was kind of who gets first-degree murder. That was the big question.
1: It's probably not based so much on whether they hired hitmen or whatever. It's what they're charged with. So, for instance, in Iowa, there is mandatory minimums on like forcible felonies. And so if she would, she or he or whoever is charged and they are charged with forcible felony, then there's usually a mandatory sentence attached to that.
0: Define forcible felony for us.
1: Robbery, kidnapping, murder, serious assault.
0: All right. We see a lot of violence against women on this podcast, but not much domestic violence against men. Have you seen similar cases on the job?
1: I have, but they're rare much more rare than the other way around. But there have been cases um, where women have taken measures against some scorned lover or whatever. In, in some of those cases though, there was mutual domestic assault going on between people. So it's fairly rare for a woman to uh, violently assault a man in a domestic relationship.
2: Is the motive usually this like obsessive stalking situation?
1: Yeah, I think that could be part of it. I think uh, some of it's uh, revenge things, you know, somebody's out cheating on somebody. In rare cases, it's some kind of financial reward, life insurance policies, things of that nature.
2: Any dating advice for young women, young men out there?
1: Um, I would be scared. I, I can't imagine being in that dating situation in the 2022 with all the what online, <laughs> well, I just, it, it's just so different from my generation that where you have all the online, you know, uh, relationships, uh, you know, doing things. And are you trying, I just to, say,
2: to... Are you
0: trying to say dating apps?
1: Yeah, whatever. I mean, I just, that stuff is all foreign to me meeting strange people over the internet, you don't know anything about them. You don't know. I I would just, if I would be very cautious.
0: It is weird that we grew up with like chat roulettes and being told like, never do that, never meet anyone online. And then now it's like, this is the Um, only way to meet people.
1: (laughs) And we still say that to kids and stuff, you know, don't chat with strangers and whatever. But then when you're 19, you know, your obsessive mother is telling you, Oh, why don't you go online to find a date? You know? It's just
2: kind of strange to me. This is why you get friends like me and Allie who stalk the people online. <laughs> That's right. you go on a date with them. You people make are online sure that stalkers. they're safe. <laughs> just so, I'm gonna sum up your relationship advice by saying like find a mutual connection. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I I would be I'm much more comfortable where I meet somebody. And again, we're talking 30, 40 years ago, but you meet somebody and then a relationship springs about because of that meeting or you have worked with this person or you have some social engagement with them. I just, it's very foreign to me that that would spring from talking online back and forth to each other.
0: All right. In a case like this, how would you determine who's the more dangerous of the two people?
1: I think it would be case specific. I don't know if you can say it from one thing to another. Um, Obviously in this case, they felt that the actual killer was more culpable because they charged him with a more serious crime.
2: And I think this is like a stupid question that I'm still confused about. So explain this to me in very simple terms. So legally, when two or more people act together and knowingly commit a crime, aren't they both responsible for all the actions that happen together?
1: Generally, I would agree with you. Generally, if you're, you are principals to a crime you'll all be charged. There's also the felony murder rule that says if you commit a felony um, and a murder results from that felony, that you're charged with first-degree murder because you knew or should have known that a felony can cause those bad acts. But again, it's very case-specific. It would just depend on all the circumstances of the people involved. Were they accessories before the fact, accessories after the fact? Were were they conspirators? Was there a conspiracy going on where people took overt acts before the crime to actually go commit the crime. It, it's, it can be very complicated depending on the players and what their level of participation. was.
2: Gotcha.
0: Okay. Do, do you think she received a lighter sentence because she was doing the right thing? It was like, she was trying to get help by going to counseling, taking the antidepressants at first. And then maybe, I don't know, they thought that Jackson should have known better.
1: I think that would have maybe played a part in sentencing, but I don't know if it would have played a part in what she was charged with. Again, it would just be be very case specific depending on how their interaction was. Um, Can you imagine how bizarre it is to try to hire a hitman in a town of 2,000 people?
2: No. Yeah. When she's like 19.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) It isn't something like she didn't take a class in high school about it. or (laughs) whatever.
2: I would have liked to see the trial of this case, I think. For sure. What are your final thoughts?
1: Passion is one of the number one motivations for homicide. Very
0: sad. I liked the very sad at the end. <laughs> oh, right. it's good to have you back. <laughs> How much did it, you miss us during the break? <laughs> it's,
1: it's good that you freaks are back on your little
0: tangent again. I'm going to take that as he missed us. All right. Well, thanks for joining, Taps. Oh, thanks.
1: You're welcome.
2: Oh, hello there. As a marketer, I hate promotions like this. Same and same. But I love content. Me too. So if you like our content, give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, note, facts, literally anything you think would help us continue making Diowa a success. Thank you, thank you, thank you.